Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey, this is Rick Curry. You're listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 148 for Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. Guys, welcome. Onesies, welcome. Everyone, welcome to the One Man Podcast. This week, I'm going to be telling you guys about a bunch of little things, actually. I've been doing this Nespresso activation. It has been consuming my life. Um, but I had a bunch of other little things, a bunch of little uh, good things in my life. I've uh, had yet another session with my therapist. Um, I also, um, what else? Um, I also went to hang out with my buddies at Gray Bar. I did, uh, you know, um, I've, I've read another book from DK. Um, some cool little things come up, uh, some, some updates on my, what's going on with my, my teeth there, my, uh, my aligner system and, and whatnot. So I'll tell you guys all about uh, all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, and some other fun things just to chat about. Um, <clears throat> if you're new to my podcast, this podcast is where I come on every week and I talk about all the wonderful things about life and fun things going on, right? Nothing but positivity. Um, that's why my, my <laughs> that's why my listeners tune in every week. It's me talking about all the little things in life that are worth celebrating, right? Like, like holding hands with a little, with a little white cotton tailed bunny and skipping through a, a, a meadow of, you know, the springs, dandelions, and, and I can't even think of flowers for fuck's sakes. A meadow of daisies while bluebirds sing, you know, and there aren't a bunch of other things going on in the world that are actually way more important than just pretending like everything's amazing. Okay, so my podcast is me talking about what's going on with my life. And let me tell you guys, I'm not a grizzled old comic because of the fact that everything is amazing. All right. My life is full of stuff, just like everyone else's. And, uh, and I talk about it because every now and again, I'll have someone who's like, well, I liked your podcast, but you just, you kind of complain all the time. Listen, <clears throat> I'm not complaining. All right. I might be complaining, but what I'm doing is I'm telling you about what's going on with me. All right. And, uh, like any good narrative, all right, there's conflict. All right. People don't watch, uh, kitchen nightmares because they're like, boy, I li really like watching chefs drizzle salt on top of fucking beef Wellingtons or whatever it is. No, they, they watch because people are fighting with each other. Real housewives, big brother, uh, kitchen nightmares, any fucking show at all. The, the, literally the conflict is what drives the story, the narrative of what's going on. I've done reality TV shows. I've been on a home renovation show. I was in another one that I can't fucking remember. And they, they called it uh, a happening. We need a happening. We need something to go on. What's like a little conflict? Like, can you and so-and-so get angry at each other or whatever? Like, literally, conflict is what they want. That's why everything is like, oh, are we going to hit a fucking deadline? Why do you think the, the, the two guys in the goddamn motorcycle shop are screaming at each other all the time? An American chopper, right? It's not the, right? And even though nothing is ever late, ever, every episode with everything is like, oh my God, we're not going to get it made on time or... 
is this piece going to come in on time? Blah, blah, blah. It's just all conflict to keep us watching because that's what we want. All right. <clears throat> uh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been, uh, had a few coffees today. Might be a little excited there. Um, but what I'm trying to say is when I talk about the conflict, all right, the shit going on, that's what drives the storytelling of me talking about me or right? I'm not making it up, <clears throat> but life is full of conflict and it's the conflicts that stick out to us. All right. So if you want me to, you know, if you want the one man podcast to morph into, Hey gang, how's it going this week? I had a day at work the other day and something really crazy happened, but you know what? That's okay. We all have our things to deal with. We all have our crosses to bear. And at the end of the day, the sun will still come up or so to still go down and come up again tomorrow. You know what I mean? There's still birds a chirping. There's still babies a giggling, right? There's no point in me wasting your time with my problems. I'll just deal with them on my own, just like you deal with yours on your own. And we'll just talk about happy things. <clears throat> the weather's four degrees today, and the snow is melting here in Ottawa. But what about you? I'm sure if you're down south, the sun's shining all the time. And you can just put your toes in the sand and wiggle them around until you find that nice, cool underlayer of sand. That's the nice stuff. Feel it in your toes. Wiggle it around. I'm talking softly because I don't want to raise my voice. I wouldn't want any tone of aggression to creep in. I want you to know that everything is okay. Are you still awake? Did I put you to sleep? <laughs> Lord, hope not. You might be driving. That would cause an accident. And that wouldn't make anyone's day any better, would it? <laughs> it's dumb shit. All right. Life is great, everybody, huh? I went to work today just like you did. I mean, gotta pay the bills, right? No sense in complaining. It's something to do with life, right? Death and taxes, no avoiding it. <laughs> you want that shit? Go listen to that podcast. First off, it doesn't exist because that guy's already been murdered by everyone who listens to him. All right? Yeah, you're gonna hear me bitch about some things. It's called conflict. It's called life. All right? That's what this story is. You tune in every week for the for the ongoing soap opera that is my life, and you're going to hear some negativity from time to time, because guess what? Nobody gets to avoid it. And if you do, if you live a life where there's absolutely no negativity, congratulations, you're a hot chick. Um, but point, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, speaking of which, though, if you are a hot chick, uh, right, because sometimes people think... You know, oh, well, beautiful women, you know, or, or every woman thinks that every male or white male gets away with, with no hardships in life. Listen, we all got our shit, but I know that, uh, a lot of people think men and women think that hot women have it super easy. Well, I'll, uh, I'll use that as a perfect segue into a little piece of information that I literally got, <coughs> Jesus, sorry, seconds before I started recording the podcast. I got uh, a little email here telling me that, uh, old Harvey Weinstein uh, received his sentence today. So again, if you think that hot chicks, uh, you got it easy. I mean, some of them, some of them, uh, you know, decided to sell their body in, uh, in exchange for, uh, you know, an acting job. Now, some of them didn't make that choice. Some of them thought that they really were just going to a business meeting at one o'clock in the morning at a hotel with this guy all by themselves. Um, you know, they, they, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not actually victim shaming. I think it's a horrible thing that he fucking did. I'm just joking about the fact that like, I mean, yeah, 
listen, I was joking with my colleagues yesterday saying if I was, if I was a chick, if I could sell blowjobs, I would much rather do that than actually work. So I was like, what about your dignity? I'm like, all right, well then you stand here for 14. Well, we get paid more than that, but I'm saying then you, then you stand in a fucking makeup shop making minimum wage and being on your feet all day. And you, you take your fucking dignity. You put your little dignity sticker on the back of your bus pass and you ride the bus home. I'm like, fuck, if I could, if I could, if I could suck a cock and make money off of that, you, well, I mean, I'm sure I could, but I'm going to set, I'm going to set fair market price. All right. Like you're going to a seafood joint, Josh, what, what is the price of your cock suckery? Well, market, market value and not a penny less, <laughs> but which market you say the back alley market? No, no, sir. No, 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 sir. The J list celebrity homosexual blowjob market. I, I, that would, if I could line up, I wonder if I'd actually do this. Like I, I say it jokingly. I actually have no, I have no homophobia whatsoever. Like I do, I do not give a shit. If you're like, Josh, you can make six grand today sucking 10 cocks. Hmm. Is that my number? I feel like it should be more, <laughs> but, uh, it's like, if you could make, you know, two months rent in one day doing something that tastes gross, I'm like, let me tell you. I mean, although there's no physical taste in my mouth, sometimes I've done work that I'm like, Jesus Christ, why didn't I pay attention in school? You know, if I can make two months rent, you know, in, in, uh, not two months rent, sorry, that's significantly less than the number I gave earlier. You guys get what I'm saying. If I could make money, that's not, that's not, that's business. You know what I'm saying? I'll buy uh, you know, mouthwash is cheap. Buy a little mouthwash, you know, people are like, yeah, but you did a dirty thing. I'm like, you don't know what dirty feels like i've done shows where i'm like god why did i say yes to this show i i feel i felt dirty entertaining certain groups of people there's been work that i've done i'm telling you guys have heard me bitch about hairnets i'll tell you putting on a hairnet that feels dirty you know what i mean i'd rather spit a few hairs out of my mouth than put on a fucking hairnet you know what i mean now if you now let's say we merge those things together maybe you could make i wonder if they have hairnets for like cocksuckers you know what i mean like if it's like, all right, you got a white, white Purell on that thing. And then here, put this, put this ball and pube net on. I want to make sure this, this is absolutely, if you're, this is the first time you listen to my podcast, I need you to understand that this is not normally the case. I might just be overworked and looking for an out. This is a crap. This is a cry for help. <laughs> I wonder if one has ever sounded like this before. If anyone has ever publicly said to anyone who will listen, Hey, I'm willing to suck cock to not have to work nine to five. This all came off of me saying that hot chicks have it easier. I'm just saying some chicks like, oh, I had to suck an ugly guy's cock for millions of dollars. I'm like, I emotionally had to suck ugly guys cocks for infinitely less. And it went on for years. That's how I'm sure a lot of government employees in Ottawa feel. You know, they're just sucking the government's cock and it's a terrible job and they hate their lives, but they're like, oh, but that money, you know, my point is, my point is, uh, that, that horrible sex criminal Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced to 23 years, which means the system got it right. Dude didn't get to sexually assault women and then, uh, and then just walk away from it because it has money. So that's a good thing for a long time. It was looking like I've always agreed like, yeah, if you have money, like, yeah, the, the law works differently for you. If you don't think that's the case, well, you might be a little stupid. You might be, yeah, or just uninformed or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But at the end of the day, like there's lots of things where you see like, you know, certain people commit crimes, they go to jail. Other people commit crimes and it's like, ah, but you know, they, they donated a new, uh, new wing to the old, uh, mayor's estate or whatever the fuck it is. Not a state, but you know what I'm saying? Like they, oh, well, certain money went away and, uh, you know, misdemeanor crime time already served and, uh, you know, get out of here, you rapscallion. You know, keep it in your pants, you fucking crazy bastard. Um, 
so yeah, Harvey Weinstein, 23 years in jail, two different charges. I think one of them was 23 years. The other one was three years. Now I could be wrong. It could be that it was 20 and three years and they're served concurrently. I think it's 23 years. Cause obviously it wouldn't, they wouldn't call it 23 years if he was serving it concurrently. Um, which means at the same time, right? Consecutively at one after the other concurrently at the same time. There you go. Hope that's the one thing you learned from this podcast today. If you didn't already know it. So old, uh, old fucking heavy. He, the, they got him, they got him locked up. Oh man. I hope that he has, uh, I hope that he has like casting couch style, uh, encounters in prison. He's like, I hope to become a better man. I'm like, uh, you know, or maybe you'll see what it's like to be the woman. <laughs> hey, yeah, that would be, that would be, uh, you know, what is it? Leviticus in the Bible there? An eye for an eye. That would, that would be, uh, that would be funny. Right. But I don't want to, you want to live, don't you? You want to make it in here, right? You want to make it in here. <laughs> you better do what you told there, Harvina. All right. Well, that was a joke about rape and uh, going forward. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do I start this over at a fear of losing everything? I don't really care. Um, yeah. Let's see what else I got here. So yeah, you guys hear what I'm saying, right? If I'm talking about complaining and shit on the podcast, it's because there's conflict in life. There really is. All right. And you kind of got to accept the fact that that's, that's what drives life. There's that, that, like, you guys know that that's, you don't get a story. There's no book without conflict in it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, I apologize. No story. There are books like, you know, self-help books and shit like that. But you know, a couple of, couple of fucking recipe books there, right? From those two twats with the spoons or whatever, the silly spoon, loony, loony spoons, chicks. I've already shit on them before. <laughs> what is with me? I have had a few cups of coffee. We'll get to that later. Um, Maybe that's what I need to do. I was going to record this last night, but I was way too fucking tired. Um, my point about stories is narratives. You guys know there's only three kinds of story, right? It's uh, it's man versus man, right? Which is a you know conflict of one person versus other one or you know another or others, right? It's man versus nature. So you know maybe someone trying to survive in the wilderness. That's a broad stroke because there's all sorts of other things. A guy trying to basically just. The conflict is with the external world and then there's man versus self, right? The conflict could come from within. It's the guy trying to overcome something or whatever, but that's the three types of conflicts. You, you name me any f work of fiction or any real story and the conflict in it is one of those three man versus man, man versus self or man versus nature. <coughs> me, it's man versus lungs self. Um, but yeah, like I said, you guys wouldn't listen if it was only positive stuff. It'd be the most boring thing in the entire world. Like Actually, I mean, I feel like almost like if I only talked about the good things going on in my life, which I do, I talk about all sorts of fun shit too, but I feel like if I only talked about good shit, you guys would like this fucking guy's getting on here every week and humble bragging or super bragging about his life. Well, I'm not, I deal with shit too. And I don't have the, I don't, it's not like my shit's only roses. And speaking of which I will use that to segue right to my next topic is I went to the therapist on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was last week. Or, or sorry, Thursday. I don't remember what fucking day it was, but uh, it was like just after the podcast. So I did one. Uh, yeah, I did Tuesday the week before. So just before the last podcast and just after the last podcast. So that's why I didn't talk about it last one. Um, still digging this, uh, this shrink here. Uh, he's a good dude. He he's he listens, right? That's their kind of their job. But uh, what I find interesting about um, the old shrinky dink here is uh, he just, he pops. He doesn't say much, obviously. And again, that's kind of their job. It's not just sort of like, they don't lead the conversation. They listen and they kind of give stuff. And I even told him that's what I, I appreciated about <clears throat> going to the therapist is that like, I'm like, sometimes it's, 
it's not like I just need to talk it out so that I hear myself sing because I'm like, I'm talking to myself all the time. It's kind of, I feel more comfortable having someone else who hears it and kind of lets me know that this is what they're getting from what I'm saying. And you know what I mean? Like it makes, this makes sense. That makes sense. Yada, yada, hudahara, you know? Um, it, it's yeah. When I was chatting with him, I, I used the example from like uh, a power talker, Dr. John Gray. Uh, he's the guy who wrote men are from Mars, women from Venus, which is still an amazing relationship book. I cannot recommend that book enough. As a matter of fact, um, I have, uh, yeah, it, it's whatever. I'm, I, I'll go into a pitch for that later. I'm, I'm working on some other shit right now. I can't go in too many different directions at once. Point being is I like the fact that when I talk to this guy, he gets to see things from an outside perspective. Cause sometimes you're just so close to the story that I heard Dr. John Gray tell in a, in a talk that he did. So I don't know if this is in the book cause I haven't finished men are from Mars when Freeze, but it's just, it's such an amazing book. Um, he talks about how, uh, his dad, and I might get a couple of these little facts wrong, but they're not far off. So the story still has the complete merit of its point. Just a heads up. But, uh, his dad was like, um, assaulted and had his car stolen. And the guy who, who carjacked this, the Dr. John Gray's dad, uh, hit him over the head with a tire iron and put him in the trunk of his car. And his dad, uh, you know, the vehicle was abandoned at one point. His dad couldn't get out of the trunk and he died of heat asphyxiation. This was my understanding. So these are the parts of the, these are the, the facts that might be a little, little slightly off or whatever. But, um, when John Gray and his brother, I believe sister as well, like went to go see the vehicle, John, uh, got into the trunk and like closed his brother and sister. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I just, he's like, if you know anything about me, the kind of person I am, I really try to put myself in the position of, you know, somebody else to kind of see what they went through. So he's like, so I got in the trunk and I closed the thing. And he's like, and he saw that. <clears throat> he had found a part, a part of the trunk where his dad had sort of pulled back the lining and tried to like work his hand through this hole or whatever. And he's like, he started to stick his fingers through the hole and he's kind of reaching around or whatever. And his brother was like, Hey John, see if you can hit the the button on the trunk. And he's like, so he's like, he reached around, they felt the button and then he hit the button and the trunk opened. So they were all kind of like, Oh my God, or whatever. Like, like our dad could have freed himself or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he was, he was on the inside. He couldn't see it. And and the metaphor that John says about that is like, one of the things I gained from that terrible experience with my dad is it's a really good metaphor for me to be able to explain to people the value of, you know, uh, therapy or whatever. And he uses it for relationship therapy because he's like, when you're in the trunk, right? When you're in the relationship, it's hard to see from the outside. Right. But of course, if you have someone on the outside, you know, that can look in, they can, sometimes they can tell you something just as simple as, Hey, try to hit the button, you know, something you can't see from the inside of, of whatever it is. So that that's the metaphor that I'm using for my therapy is I, I told, and I told the, the, you know, my therapist, the same thing. I said, Hey, this is, this is the story he told. And I go, and that's kind of what the value is for me is that I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not someone who's not thinking about this shit all the time. I, I think about my life and I think about stuff and I talk about it on my podcast. Like me talking about my shit is not the issue. It's that I feel like I could use somebody with some, you know, a little bit more level head on their shoulders, uh, from the outside looking in to kind of, um, just say, Hey, like maybe this isn't quite that, or have you considered this? Or so do you feel like that? Blah, 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 blah. I used to say that my ex was like that. The only issue was that it was hit and miss. Sometimes she would be supportive and listen. And then sometimes she would just straight up make me feel shitty for the way I was feeling like no understanding, no listening, and then almost come at me with a judgmental way of being. Now we're all human. The, the effort was there at times, but it was, it was, it was, uh, 
I don't want to say sporadic and I don't want to say volatile, but the whole idea was it was inconsistent. So it was kind of like I'm having an issue and I kind of would like an outside fit. So there was times where I'm like, wow, I didn't even, I didn't even feel that bad about it. And after talking to you, it feels, you know, much worse. Um, Cause there'd be like a judgment associated with it. So I'm like, okay, so I don't feel like I have any direction, but now I feel like just a shitty person. Um, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. So I was trying to say that the only person I had prior to that was kind of my ex. Because I trusted her. I, I did care about it and I did trust her. And I was kind of like, okay, well, when I tell you this, I'm, you know. But that's kind of sometimes the shit with relationships is too, is like, you know. Uh, it can be, it can be rough. It can be rough when you're like, oh, I trust you. And you're like, oh shit, that didn't, that didn't feel safe at all. Like maybe next time I won't do that or whatever it is. But that's, uh, Jesus Christ, it's quite the engine. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I can hear it in my fucking headphones. That's through, uh, that's through two panes of glass and fucking half a block away. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's what I told him the value of this therapy is. So I had yet another, uh, conversation with him throughout the, the, the session where he gave me even more insight into my position. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased, uh, I'm really pleased with how it's going because every time I leave there, it's not like we have, you know, I have 45 minute sessions. It's not like I have a ton of conversation with them where I just leave with these heaping helpings of, of, you know, insight and, and epiphanies. It's more that like, I talk about something and every time I talk about it, like by the end, he'll give me like one little thing that I can, I can go, huh? Like I never really thought of that. And it makes me feel better about, you know, uh, kind of myself and, and the relationship that I just got out of and, and all that. So, um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of value from it and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy I'm doing it. And I, I would say this to anyone else who's maybe going through some shit, um, reach out, reach out and see if you can get help. If you can't, um, guys, I want you to know every single onesie, whether I've ever met you or not, uh, please know that I, I give a shit about you guys, every single one of you, like none of us have to be alone. Right. So if you, if you're dealing with some shit or whatever, I've had friends that I've, I've, you know, I've met through this podcast. People have reached out to me and we've started, you know, friendships and, and even hung out. Now I just want you to, you know, I'm not going to name any names because I'm not trying to put anybody on blast or anything like that, but, or blow up someone's spot as the young children say, uh, I'm just saying like, you guys know the email address contact at one man podcast.com. If you're dealing with anything, I'm not necessarily saying you have to go see a shrink, but I'm just saying, I've had a lot of people who like reach out for like this little thing and they're having a, like one issue. And, um, I think I'm, I think I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to name any names. Um, but this is this, I, you know, and I, I don't know, is this me patting myself on the back or is this me just, you know, showing that I've actually grown? Um, I had somebody who, who called me up, you know, I don't know them particularly well, but they called me, they, they were telling me about something that yeah, I'm trying to, trying to put enough stuff on it that I'm not really leading you guys directly to what it is, but, um, <clears throat> let's, and we're, yeah, we go. We're already talking about fucking Harvey Weinstein. We may as well, we may as well, uh, you know, bring a little value, bring her back to the old me too. Um, this person, um, was at work, they were working with somebody and I guess they went out, uh, at night with a bunch of their friends. And, uh, their colleague came, I guess they were invited or whatever their colleague came. And as the evening progressed, the large group ended up being just the two of them. And as he was driving, uh, this woman home, uh, he decided it was time to like make his move. And he, he, you know, um, took her hand and put it somewhere and she pulled back and said no. And then, you know, he moved, he tried to move in for a kiss later on in the night. She's like, no, like this is not okay. And so she was telling me that the next day, 
you know, she was uncomfortable because she's like, I'm going to have to work with this person. And I, I, like, I'm really uncomfortable. I really don't want to do that. And, um, and apparently she's like, well, like she's close with her boss, you know? So she was going to say like, I'm like, I don't even want to tell my boss that like this happened because, you know, he, he like, he'll kill him. He'll kill him. If, if I tell my boss that this other guy did that, the other employee did that, my, like my boss will kill him. Like we're so tight and I don't want that to happen. So I'm not going to tell him, you know, and just, you know, I'm going to tell this other guy, you know, I told her like, well, then you need to tell, you know, you need to tell this other guy that like, not okay. Like, obviously I know you said no, and we're not talking about like he grabbed her and, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't aggressive, but I'm not saying that like, I'm not before anyone fucking gets triggered, jumps down my throat and doesn't listen to another word I have to say. What I'm trying to say is that like, she, she, at, she told me at no point did she ever feel fearful, but he, he was not, he did not respect uh, the no kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like he made, uh, you know, continued attempts and she was like, but there was alcohol involved. I'm like, you don't have to make excuse like. The alcohol, I, I drink, it doesn't make me a, a you know, a, a not, I don't not listen and persist with shit and whatever it is. So I said, all right, well, you know, you don't have to make excuses for him. Like you said, you said, no, not interested. And there was continued attempts that like, that's not respectful. And that makes you uncomfortable, especially when you're alone in a vehicle with the guy. So she's telling me like, you know, I, I, I don't want to tell my boss cause he'll kill him or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I just said, okay, well then you need to tell this guy, like, look, that was your one get out of jail free card. I told you, no, I'm not interested. I need you to understand going forward. Clear as a bell. Like I go, don't be rude. Just I need you to understand clear as a bell. Um, I'm not interested. That's never going to happen again. You know what I mean? If, if it, if you ever try anything like that again, then I will, you know, contact the authorities or, or go higher or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so it turned out like, you know, she's like, okay, well, she's like, she had message guy. And then the, the, she had this issue. She reason she called me was because she ended up calling her boss and telling him what happened. And the boss, uh, was like, well, I don't know what, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can't, I can't get rid of this guy. Like apparently the guy was able to, uh, fuck is it one forty already? Jesus Christ. It goes, uh, yeah, if it was, uh. Yeah, I'm I'm really strapped for employees right now, and I I can't get rid of this guy. But I'll understand if you're not comfortable, and I can switch your shifts. Like I can I can take you off the schedule or whatever if you're not comfortable working with this guy. And so, her upset. Like she was talking to me, she's like, I don't I don't know why I'm so upset. She's like, I don't even really care what this guy, you know. Like she's like, I don't I'm not really as upset about what this guy did as I am after talking to my boss and the fact that he's like, you know, the boss apparently was already trying to find ways to get rid of the guy. You know what I mean? But like was like, yeah, he's kind of on his last legs and she felt incredibly close. She's like this, you know, the, the boss, she's like, he, he's my boy. He'll back me up. If I tell him about this, he'll kill the guy. And then when she did tell him, none of that happened. In fact, the boss was even like, I said, well, I don't know what to, what I can do about it. And, you know, I got to keep this guy. So I said, well, and it sounds to me that the pain isn't so much that this guy, you know, tried that thing with the other night, which is still horrible. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like the pain, your frustration, your upset sounds like you, thought you were closer with your boss than you were like, you really believed he had your back. And, you know, cause before you told him, you're like, oh my God, if I tell him he's going to kill him, then you told him and you felt like nothing happened, which means that you feel like you can't trust him. It means that you thought you were closer than you were. You might even feel betrayed. Uh, you know, and I was going to say like, that's, I go, that might be where your hurts coming from. Like the psychology part of it. I'm not a psychologist by any means, but just listening to it. I'm like, yeah, cause that would, that would shake me. You know what I mean? If I thought I could count on somebody, I mean, fuck who hasn't been there. I'm sure we've all been there in relationships at times where you're like, fuck, I thought I could count on you and turns out I can't. And that fucking hurts way more than like the bad thing that happened, you know? 
when you find out someone you love, you can't trust, you know, or not, not that you can't trust, but this is what I said to her. I go, you, then you, I go, you need to tell your boss how you feel, you know? If you guys are friends, then you got to tell them like, and that's another reason why you try not to fucking get too friendly with people at work in case shit like this happens, you know, um, whatever. There's all sorts of little lessons that I'm sure some of you guys are, are tap dancing around your head as I speak, but what I'm trying to, uh, I don't have no idea why my mother's sending me, uh, a happy birthday emoji. Um, she's fucking losing it. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, what I'm saying is that, yeah, you got to be careful with like all the, the coworker shit. But I said to her, I'm like, that's the thing that, that hurts is I'm sure you feel betrayed or, uh, you know, I'm sure you just, you're, you're maybe feeling like maybe you're not as close with him as you, as you thought you were. And, uh, and that hurts, right. Or that you can't count on him to, to protect you. And that's what I, that's what I said is, is you need to tell your boss that like, Hey, just a heads up. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of shook right now because I felt like we were close. I felt like if I came to you with this kind of thing and said, Hey man, like this person tried that shit and I'm really uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't feel safe or comfortable working with this person like da da da. And you go, yeah, nothing I can do. Like if you say, I, I, I'm really shook. Cause I, I don't feel like you protect me from, from that. Like, I really don't feel like you, you care or that you're taking this seriously. And that's, that's really shaking my feelings of our friendship or whatever. And I got to tell you this, um, any, uh, it's going to sound judgmental, but I'm pretty sure there's not a single, like all of the people that I talk to on this podcast, I know every single one of the males that listen that, that, that I'm aware of every male that I know listens. I could say this confidently about your character is I don't think there's a single male listener that I have that if a woman came up to him and said, I don't feel like you'd protect me. And we're talking about people that, you know, not like just some random woman on the street, but like somebody that's your friend, somebody that you care about comes up to you and says, I'm, I, I don't feel like you'd protect me. You know, like I thought you'd protect me and now I don't feel like you would. There's, I don't know what man worth his salt could hear that and not, ha- you know, like have a, a chord struck within him himself. So I think, and now that's not what she recognized right away. Right. And it's not something that I would have thought of immediately, but in exploring, you know, how do you feel about this? Like why she, cause she was, she called me with the whole, I don't know why I'm so upset. The, the initial thing that happened isn't as upsetting to me as, as the fact that I've told my boss and, and he's not doing anything about it. And I go, it's because you thought he'd protect you. You thought you were closer than, than you are and you don't feel protected. And that's again, one of the reasons why the me too movement was so important because I shit on aspects of it. But the amount of women who had a bad experience would tell somebody and that person kind of shrugs and goes, eh, nothing I can do about it. Like, that's why the Me Too movement was so important because shit like this happens and you're like, fuck. And so somebody who did nothing wrong is going to be forced to be in a position with the same person that did it. And, and the option from on high is like, well, you know, do what you can, you know, like that. Eh, well, if you want to quit, I'll understand. Or if you want me to cut your hours, I can understand that. It's like, well, what about the person that did something wrong? Even though it wasn't at work. It's still like, well, there's two of us who have to exist in the same place and I did nothing wrong. That's again, I do have to say that that's why it's not always the best idea to, 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 you know, make coworkers friends. But I'm not saying you can't be friends with coworkers, guys. Again, I'd like the, the intelligent people that listen to my podcast to recognize. I'm not telling people don't be friends with coworkers. I'm just saying when things get too friendly with coworkers that they're not exactly familiar with, you know, it's, uh, and that's for men and women. I'm not saying not victim shaming or anything like that. I'm just saying, if you don't know people too well, you know, ah, let's hang out and get shit faced and, you know, 
okay, well, if something goes right, bad, you know, you do still have to see this person. You still have to exist with them. So I generally speaking, don't really hang out with coworkers, you know, uh, unless I've known them for a while and I'm like, all right, yeah, we can, and we can do something social, like, you know, but once it's like, Hey, why don't you get in the cab with me? You know, we both been drinking, not smart, you know? I'm not, uh, again, not placing any blame. I'm saying just in general, the, the more, the more variables you add, the more difficult, if something goes sideways, now you're like, well, fuck now I have to exist with this person. You know, that's why they say don't date coworkers. Something goes bad. Now you got to exist with this or one of you has to quit or something like that. So, um, but overall I'm saying the reason the me too movement is important is because of the fact that, you know, a lot of bad shit has happened to women that they didn't deserve. And when they told people in the past, nobody took it seriously like this instance. Now the story has a great ending, which is, I think after about 10 minutes, uh, after I got off the phone with her, um, she messaged me and said that her boss just messaged and said effective immediately. They've, they've been able to get the paperwork together to, to terminate this person. Now they had a ton, they were on their last legs with work anyways, but they were like, this was, this was, you know, he's like, I, I've thought about it and I, I, you know, and I, and I'm not going to put you in that position, whatever. And I was like, great. So it happened. The right thing happened in the end anyways. But the reason I brought this up is just saying that like everybody, this is not somebody who's seeing a therapist or anything like that, but, but the idea of sometimes talking about how you're feeling about anything, you know, having someone on the outside who can kind of listen and go, well, it's not that you're just sad for no reason. You're not, your, your feelings are not irrational. They're coming from this, 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 and that. And, you know, I'm not saying this is what it is, but you know, maybe your hurt isn't from blah. It's coming from, Oh, I thought I, I thought I could trust you. I thought you'd protect me. And now I don't feel like you would. That's going to make anybody feel shitty. Cause again, her confidence level before was, Oh my God, if I tell him he's going to kill him and then you find out, Oh shit. I, he doesn't even seem to be mad about it. He doesn't even seem to be taking it seriously. You know, sometimes we find out that what we think of people isn't exactly the case. And that's, uh, that's hard. Anywho, Josh, the therapist, uh, will be booking appointments. No, that's all, all I'm trying to say with all of that shit is if you guys are dealing with anything that sucks in life, fucking, you know, if you don't know who to reach out to, or if you don't feel comfortable, there's no judgment here. Send me an email or contact me. If you have any other way of getting a hold of me. And we'll do it again. If you're somebody who works a job and you have benefits for the love of Christ, get yourself, uh, get yourself a therapist or something that you need. Talk to somebody, grab a book on whatever subject you may be dealing with and, and, and work on getting the help with it. Cause, uh, it sucks to suffer. It sucks to suffer. And if you have ways around it, like don't, don't let your pride keep you from being a happier person. You know what I mean? Like, I think I was that way all along. I felt like getting help or recognizing that I had problems made me weak. And, um, and I'll tell you, man, it takes it like when people say, oh, it takes more courage to walk away or it takes, takes a lot of bravery to admit when you've done something wrong. It absolutely does to take accountability, you know, is a huge deal. And, uh, and that's how you get change, man, by, by controlling something. Cause that's why a lot of people make excuses on shit too. And that's the funny thing too, is that a lot of people around you, if you think that like, you're like, well, I'm not going to, I don't think I have anxiety. I don't have any fucking problem. I don't need to talk to a shrink. Da, da, da. It's like when you, when you do that. Uh, it's funny because I've been that guy, not necessarily the aggressive, you know, caricature that I just did, but overall, when you're like, no, nah, I don't think too. It's like, listen, if people around you are making this suggestion, if you deny it and if you try to pretend like it doesn't exist and bury it, you're not fooling those other people around you. Do you know what I mean? Like they still think you need the help. You're not, you're not convincing them that you're fine. You're not, they're not like, I think maybe you should talk to somebody. No, 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 I'm fine. I don't, I don't got nothing wrong with me. Oh, okay. 
I was worried for a second there. I thought you might, but since you said in a very dismissive, stupid way that you don't, I mean, thank God, I guess everything's going to be fine from now on. Let's just, let's just let that little pile of leaves ember over there. It probably won't turn into a fire and burn the house down when we go away. No, no, no. It's fine. So put the pride down. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> that was just me telling you all your problems. No, what I'm saying is that if, if there's something there and you're like, fuck it, I just don't get it. And everyone seems to be telling me that there's this, that, or even if you're just feeling it and you know, get, uh, get help, man. There's nothing, uh, nothing wrong with help. You can't fucking lift a fridge by yourself. You know what I mean? You, there's, there's tools out there. That's the whole idea with therapy is it's not about like someone comes in and tells you that you're a piece of shit and you're an idiot. It's not like you go to therapy and they tell you, oh, by the way, everyone hates you. It's not that it's, it's about recognizing that like, oh, there's different ways of looking at things and there's tools for when shit happens. Cause we are all human, you know, just whatever, be happy, fix your fucking life. All right. Um, this Nespresso roadshow is killing me. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing this Nespresso roadshow. Um, I, uh, I think we had just started one day for the last episode. Um, and basically, um, so I'm just going to say this. Um, I have a machine. I purchased one last, uh, last Tuesday. I, uh, enjoyed my first cup of, uh, Nespresso. It's basically a capsule system. Uh, I'm just going to hit you with it real quick guys, because I think it's fucking fantastic. And if you happen to live in the Ottawa area, there's a, a really wicked deal on them in the store that we're in right now. So this is not me trying to sell you guys on them. All right. Very important that I make that clear. Um, I have not been paid to say this. I'm just letting you guys know that it's fucking dope and the best deal is available for another few days, basically till this weekend. So, um, the 16th of March is when you'll see this deal until, okay. So this machine. Oh my God. It dices, it slices. No, it's a, it's a, a, a home uh, cafe machine there. It makes espressos, regular cups of coffee and the machine that comes with it, the Arachino, uh, froths milk for cappuccinos and lattes. So it's basically a, a system. It also makes like Americanos and everything like that. So effectively any kind of coffee beverage, this machine will do. Um, it's absolutely, and it's a premium one. It's not like a Keurig or whatever. So when I say like, oh, espressos, whatever, we're not talking about like a little cup of coffee and then you tell it how big to put the water in. Okay. The capsules are all designed with the right kind of bean with the right sort of, uh, like basically every capsule has a barcode on it. So when you put the capsule in, some of them you'll see are smaller than others. And that's because they're espressos or Americanos or, you know, full cups of coffee. And so the barcode is read by the machine. The machine is then told basically how fast to spin the capsule, how hot to make the temperature, how much water to use, uh, the debit, like a bunch of different things on it. And, uh, when I say how hot, it's interesting because I don't know if you guys have ever bought tea, but when you buy tea on the label, they'll tell you like, oh, put, uh, you know, warm it to, to 92 degrees or 87 degrees, because, you know, depending on how hot the water is, it can pull more or less from the, from the leaf, right? Make it too bitter, whatever it is. But of course, if you have a kettle at home, um, I would imagine, cause I don't think I've ever seen one in my life is where you set the actual temperature, um, right. It usually just goes to hundred degrees and then stops it. Bo it boils the water, right? So a lot of people are, you know, putting too hot water on their tea, whatever. Well, this machine does it itself. It knows what temperature to make it and everything like that. So it's all based on the capsule so that you get a consistent cup of coffee every time. Whereas with my Keurig that I had, uh, I still have, it's in the kitchen. That's what the animals drink out of. Um, it will just make the water one, one temperature when you, uh, choose the size, which you don't do with this machine. The size is done automatically from the, the capsule information. When you choose the size, it's still the same amount of coffee in the pod, 
but it's just pouring through like the drip system. So you don't get, you know, you're not getting a, a more of that coffee. You're getting more water, which dilutes it. So you don't get consistency because you can have a small cup with more taste or a large cup with less taste. It's just water difference, right? So the machine being able to pour more water and it doesn't really do you any favor because you add your own water to it. Um, so that's one of the difference, uh, with an espresso machine. So it'll make espresso and it makes crema. So if you're not familiar with crema, what crema is, is it's kind of like when you ever see a cappuccino in a nice restaurant or, or at a, at a, you know, a, a cafe, you know, Starbucks, whatever it is, is you see that little layer of cream on the top. That's basically, that's the oils coming off of the beans. So they create this nice frothy foam. It's kind of like the head on a beer where there's a lot of flavor in it, right? If you're drinking a craft beer, you want to have some head on it because that sipping the uh, aromatics with the, the, the beverage gives it just more taste is going on. Basically it taxes, gives you more flavor, more, uh, you know, it's a, it's a more premium. I don't want to say more premium experience. Cause it's like, Ooh, like there's a butler. No, it's just, but it's, it makes a difference in the final taste of the product. And then espresso machine actually makes that crema on coffee on espresso. It's not making it out of nowhere. It's effectively, it's not a drip system. So what happens is when you put the capsule in, it pierces the top and then it spins it. And that centrifuge, uh, basically is, is the water goes in and it strips the oils off of it. So when you get a nice cup of coffee, you get your coffee in the bottom and that nice crema on top, it gives you a really, really, really premium cup of coffee. Um, 80 cents starting at 80 cents. And I think it goes up to a maximum of a dollar 20 per cup, but that's for like a big travel mug size. And again, that's not adding water. That's more coffee in the capsule to make a large cup at full strength. Um, so I think for, I think basically a cup of coffee is under a dollar. So you're making a premium cup of coffee at home for under a buck. And if you're going, well, I don't like those uh, pod systems because they, they're plastic and they're bad for the environment. Uh, Nespresso is 100% environment friendly. The reason being is that the capsules are made of aluminum. Um, then they have a plant membrane in them, which separates the beans from the aluminum. Cause some people are like, well, aluminum can, can cause Alzheimer's. Sure. If you're ingesting aluminum, but these have a plant membrane in between them. So the aluminum never touches the coffee. Okay. And the plant and plant membrane of course is biodegradable. The, the beans inside are 100%, uh, biodegradable and of course, uh, compostable. So here's the thing. Um, when you live in the Gatineau side, um, it is, uh, they've got a green bag. So the machine actually drops the capsules into a container on the side, which once it's full, you can just dump into this green bag. So if you live on the Gatineau Quebec side, um, you will get green bags for your Nespresso machine, which means you pour the capsules into this bag, you seal the bag, put the strip on it and then throw it in your recycling. That's it. You're done. No, uh, no capsule will ever go into your garbage. And then that's sent back to Nespresso. They separate the aluminum from the beans. They send the beans back to the farmers. They make things out of the aluminum and recycle it. Like it's, it's 100% sustainable and green. So when I say a dollar a cup, that's taxes included, everything like that. Um, in Ontario, it's a red bag and it goes back to Canada post. So once your thing is full, you throw it, you just take the bag. The bags are all free, by the way. You don't pay for these. These are not something you have to buy. The The bags are 100% free. They give them to you. Uh, the, red, the red bags in Ontario is you just drop it in your mailbox. So once it's full, seal it, drop it in the mailbox, boom, sent back to Nespresso, 100% recyclable, green product. Hey, 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 right? Good times. The uh, cappuccino and, and latte thing, like they make everything. If you don't know this about uh, cappuccino, guys, um, it's a shot of espresso, right? So it's one of the espresso capsules, 80 cents taxes included. And then you goes, you know, in uh, you basically make the, the thing in the coffee machine, put your milk in the arachino, turn that on. That makes cold and hot milk and froth. So it's pretty fucking sweet. Um, yeah, you basically, uh, you do all that jazz. And, uh, you got yourself basically whatever you're into coffee wise. You can even froth chocolate milk in it and make yourself like a nice hot chocolate or, 
uh, use it to make like nice mochas and stuff like that. So any kind of coffee drink that you're into, this machine can do. Um, and as I mentioned, like if you're into the, the cappuccinos, that's 80 cents taxes in. And a lot of people are like, well, that's more expensive than a Keurig. Sure. A Keurig's like 60 cents sometimes per capsule or more plus tax. You get up to about 70. So, you know, when you're talking like 70 versus 80 cents, you know what I mean? And for a much more premium coffee, if you were like me and you had to put two capsules in or two pods in to get one big cup of coffee that tasted strong, you're not a dollar 20 plus tax. And that's more expensive than a big cup of coffee with uh, the Nespresso. Anyways, I'm just saying to you guys, I have absolutely loved this thing. So this machine bundle, just to tell you guys, this machine bundle on the Quebec side is, uh, or sorry, normally in the stores, you would pay 320 Canadian. All right. I'm going to put everything in Canadian because I'm trying to urge people to come get it in Gatineau, anyone who wants the the good shit, right? So if you want a good, uh, a good deal on this machine, if you go to the Nespresso store, you pay $320 for this bundle. That's the machine with the Arachino. All right. The Arachino is the milk frother that, that milk frother on its own is a hundred bucks. All right. This deal in, uh, Gatineau is one ninety nine. You get the machine, you get the Arachino, you get a $25 coffee credit gift card in the box and 12 different capsules to, to use the machine in the box. So there's like $35 of, of, you know, coffee, you know, either credit or physical capsules in the box. And then it's only one ninety nine. So I bought mine on Tuesday cause I was going to buy it in Ontario. My boss was like, get in Gatineau. Cause in Ontario, the price is going to be two eighty nine. So it's $90 more expensive for it, for this, for the same thing. So if you are interested in the best coffee, like I bought one, I got pictures. You don't believe me. Fucking hit me up, message me, email me, whatever. I'll show you the pictures of my setup. So I'm very happy with this machine. I've given the roommates a few different ones to try. They think it's great. So fuck them. If they want to buy their own capsules, they can use mine, but I'm not providing them. Um, what else? I don't know if you can hear the vacuum cleaner. I believe it's like just outside my door. There's nothing like, you guys have heard this a thousand times. There's nothing like me going, Hey, uh, recording the one man podcast, stick a vacuum cleaner under my door or make as much noise as possible fucking morons but i mean hey life's a life's a bowl of cherries right everything's good don't uh don't complain so just be happy all the time pretty sure it's clean outside my door now thank you fuck off um <laughs> we have good communication here um point being all right what else do i want to talk about gonna get this fucking get this road on the show here i gotta jump in the shower in a couple minutes two o'clock and i gotta be gotta be back there for fucking whatever um yeah i guess i can tell you guys that um we've been doing these these samplings and stuff like that but on uh on, on friday afternoon they told us hey no more giving away free coffee costco has shut down uh samplings worldwide due to the coronavirus so no more samples in costco one of the things that people love the most about it all right i really have to tell them to stop one sec Sorry about that, guys. I had to go out and, and like, I literally opened my door. Jason looks at me with this shit-eating grin on his face. And I go, and I point at the sign on my door that says recording. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. I'm like, it's a giant black sign on a white door. Well, I didn't see it. I'm like, Ugh. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take a picture of like what our, what our hallway looks like. Just so everyone can see like how fucking obvious this sign is. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they're stupid in this house sometimes. Um, I mean, what am I? I'm, I'm, I'm stupid because I live here. Right. So, you know, birds of a feather. Mm-hmm. So earlier when I mentioned I'd had a few coffees, I'm telling you guys, man, the flavors, so many good coffees. They got, they got uh, flavored ones, blah, blah, blah. Um, no more samples. We're going to have to hit the shit. Uh, we're gonna have to hit the shit hard because now we're, we're trying to move machines with, 
you know, people just kind of looking at it and seeing it. It's not a cheap machine, but at the same time, like 320 down to 199. Jesus Christ, jump on board, guys. It's a nice, uh, it's a pretty goddamn good deal. I, I mean, like I said, I picked one up and I've been using it every single day, thoroughly enjoying my machine. Um, I'd like to talk more about it, but there's really not much to say. I'll, I'll talk more about, uh, I'll talk more about it next week. Cause I'm fucking, I got, I got eight weeks of my life doing this. Um, I got to hang out with my pals at gray bar, uh, great place. I do a Christmas party for them. Um, but now they, every month they do a, a thing called the escape hatch, which is just a fun way for them as a, as a, you know, and like this is a, this is one of the good things I like about the, you know, employee get togethers is the idea is it's only employees and it's at work. So they have this really wicked, like uh, conference room and you know, we go in there and everyone brings like board games and shit like that. And we, we get a chance to play some games and just hang out and they've invited me to a few of them. And I, I honestly, I love doing it. If I got nothing going on, like, I mean, no shows, I'm happy to make that a part of my regular monthly routine. Cause they're just great people, fucking awesome attitudes. It's like, I don't know. Some people look at this as like an insult. I, it is not for me. It is, it is like salt of the earth. You know what I mean? These are, these are good human beings, good senses of humor. You know, they don't take themselves too seriously. Um, but, but good, good, honest, fucking hardworking and good dudes. I love hanging out with these guys. Um, so yeah, I did the escape hatch. We played some games with them. We got a chance. I introduced the uh, code names, which I've played many, many times. Chris, the, you know, my buddy who co-hosts the show with me, Chris has, uh, you know, he, Chris introduced me to code names. Uh, all of us, if you go back far enough, we all got our, his write up on code names and how it worked. Um, but we played that cause they, cause, uh, Mickey there, the, the guy in charge had never played it and, and everyone seemed to enjoy that. We played, uh, rival restaurants, which was really cool. Uh, I had a chance to play that with Chris, but we played with five people and it was really interesting with more people cause there's a lot more going on at any given time. Um, so we had fun. Um, yeah, great time with those guys. We got to, you know, do the same thing, talk a little shit or whatever. It wasn't like toxic. Ma- I think that's one of the things I like about this. Good dudes, you can get a good, but it's not, it's not like that toxic masculinity where, you know, oh, it's a bunch of guys, so let's talk shit about this. No, just good dudes. You know what I mean? Like good natured ball busting, but not none of that toxic masculinity shit. All right, cool. So there we go. Another thing done. All right. Um, I wanted to mention that I, uh, I was actually at, uh, Bayshore at the Nespresso boutique, picking up some coffee this week. And, uh, I happened to pop, uh, into the dentist there. Cause my, uh, my, my friend, Jimmy, his lovely wife, Alex, she used to work at the dental clinic there. And I've been meaning to find, you know, to make an appointment to get the, my tooth filed. I got my, one of my front teeth was slightly after my, my aligner treatment was, was slightly below the other tooth. So I was like, okay, I need to get these filed so I can get my teeth scan for my final, uh, for my, my, what do you call it? My retainer that I would wear at night. Uh, but the issue was, you know, I can't get my teeth scanned when they're not, you know, they're not finished. They're not, they're not the way they need to be. So I'm like, I'm going to have to move forward on this, but been waiting for some paychecks to, to do a bunch of shit that needs doing. And so, uh, I just popped in to find out and, you know, within a couple minutes it was like, okay, no, you know what? We're, we have time today. If you want to come in, we'll do the shaving right now hundred bucks, bing, de bang, de boom, de bam. And, uh, and we did it. So I got my, I kind of got my smile the way I, uh, I wanted them. It's, it's, I actually big smile. Cause now I'm not like self-conscious about it. Like my, my teeth are lined up properly and I look good. I'm, I'm kind of happy with them guys. I'm pretty fucking happy with them. So I, I did that on Monday and then, uh, immediately I scheduled an appointment with, uh, the, the smile direct people to do, 
a, a new scan of my mouth. And I did that yesterday in the morning, Tuesday. So I did that, uh, went in bright and early, got them to scan my mouth and they're going to send that off to, to make the retainers for me so I can keep this here smile. I got in a pretty condition. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm happy to have, have, you know, I'm doing some stuff for myself. You know, and as much, I'm kind of worried because I'm actually, I'm trying to make an appointment with the optometrist. I need new glasses. Um, some other things I got on my list, like I'm going to get my teeth cleaned. I didn't have time to do that. So I made an appointment with the dentist next week to get my teeth cleaned. Uh, cause as things shifted, you know, I noticed a few little spots where I'm like, Ooh, couldn't see that before. Let's, uh, let's get that all done up. Um, so yeah, um, I like smiling at people, right? It makes, makes people feel good. Um, I just want to do it with, uh, with nice, straight, bright, white, pearlies, pearly whites. So that's the thing. Um, I'm going to have to move my ass here, gang. Um, there's a few things that I wanted to talk about that I might have to, to plow through quickly. Um, one of them, my pals, DK, they've been back for a while, had a shipment of books for me. I was really busy. I didn't want to give them any half-assed shit. So I, uh, I'm going to hit you guys with this book that I actually started to read this week. It is called how to be a mindful drinker, cut down, take a break or quit. Now I don't have a problem with drinking. I know that I talk about the whiskey that I'm interested in, whatever guys, I might have uh, an ounce of whiskey a week. So shy of my trip to Scotland, of course you get a, you get a sample everything before you buy it. But, um, overall I'm not sitting here every day drinking whiskey. Um, I'm, uh, quite happy you know, living my life and doing my thing and, and all this fun shit and, and really not drinking at all. Um, it's nice to have. So when I feel like a drink, I can have one, but I, I'm not having an issue with drinking. However, um, it's always good to kind of just go, Hey, do I have a problem? And there's been times guys where I wanted to drink and I knew that, that, uh, well, if I drink, it's going to make, you know, it's a depressant and it's going to make me sad. And then, and then how bad shit going to get, you know? So I've actually avoided alcohol at times knowing what it can do. So I'd like to think that having that sort of level of self-awareness, um, means that I don't have a problem. Um, but either way, it was a book that I found interesting because I do know people who do have problems with alcohol, who don't have any self-awareness, uh, who, you know, might, might benefit from something like this. So the book is called how to be a mindful drinker. I'm not naming any names. And of course there's you guys listening out there that I might not know anything about you. And you might, might be kind of like, all right, well, what's the thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to read kind of the, the synopsis. Of this. I'm, I'm halfway through the book and I'm going to continue reading and I do find what they do in it. Very, very interesting. Um, so here's, here's just kind of what, what they got in the back of it. It's the quickest way to sum it up because my own ramblings will, will go on a little longer than I intend, but I'll, I'll hit you with this just for a minute. So again, the book is called how to be a mindful drinker, cut down, take a break or quit. So it says, are you hung? Are, are your hangovers getting worse? Is drinking affecting your mood, your health, or your relationships? Is it time to think about your drinking habits? Club soda, the mindful drinking movement that has enabled thousands of Sorry, thousands to change is here to help you cut down, take a break or quit. When you drink mindfully, you become more aware of how your body and mind are affected by alcohol, drawing on highly successful behavior change tools and techniques. How to be a mindful drinker helps you live the life you want to put alcohol, sorry, helps you live the life you want and put alcohol in its place. Okay. Uh, take control and discover how to change your drinking for good. So club soda is a rapidly growing community, creating a world where no one has to feel out of place if they're not drinking founded by Laura Willoughby, uh, Jesse Tolvey and drew Yeager. It offers both online courses and real world events. If you want to change your drinking, you are welcome in club soda, join clubsoda.com. Okay. So join clubsoda.com. That's just a quick little reference for anyone who wants. So that just that join club soda thing works well, um, as something to start if anyone's interested, but of course this book is great too. Now, when I was reading the book, 
it's really cool. Um, they don't talk about how like, Hey, you should quit drinking. Like they don't make any judgments. They don't tell you, you have a problem. They don't say any shit like that. Basically what they do is say, they give you the idea of kind of like what to look at in general. And they don't even tell you to read the book, like, Hey, cover to cover what they do. And I really like, I really thought this was kind of cool. They talk about what club soda is and, and things like that. And then about mindful drinking, they talk about paying attention and living with intention. Like I said, mindfulness is attention plus intention. But what I really liked was the first, one of the first things in the book was kind of like, if you're, I'm going to read this part to you guys, because I thought it was really cool when I read it is they don't tell you where, like, just read it cover to cover. Cause maybe not everything in this is for everybody. So they said, uh, there's a really cool section that just says, not sure where to begin. So it'll be like, if you think this, then start here. So I'm going to read those to you guys, right? So it says uncertain whether drinking is a problem for you dive into the section on becoming mindful and see what you learn about yourself. See page 24, not sure if you can change your drinking, go straight to the inspirational stories of club soda members who are featured in this book, like Laura's go to page 36, uh, ready to make a start. The second chapter is full of useful advice on clarifying intentions, making plans, tracking your progress. See page 46, uh, taking a month off drinking part two will help you understand some of the immediate effects of changing your drinking on your health, your mood, and your social life. See page 72 curious about what to drink instead. Start with the guide to choosing the best, no and low alcohol drinks. Part three, see section or sorry, see page one thirty six, And then finally it says, tried to change your drinking before our advanced behavior change toolkit and problem solving guide might be just what you need. See page one sixty four. If you need advice or encouragement, or just want to tell someone about what's going on, remember you're not alone. Head straight to the section on finding the other. See page two, six and join us online at joinclubsoda.com. So they were saying, they even say the, at the, at the very beginning too, like the different reasons that you might've picked up this book and, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Um, they even say that like, if someone gave you this book because they think you have a problem and they want you to stop, put the book down. It's not for that. It's not that, Hey, this is telling you to stop and you're doing something wrong. This is if you want a change in alcohol. And again, this is not a group of people who don't drink. This is a group of people who control their drinking, whether that is no drinking or a little bit of drinking or, or, or drinking, drinking. It's people trying to be mindful drinkers, right? And not excluding someone because they do drink or because they don't drink. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it's a it really, I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying it so far. I'm not finished yet, but it's been too long. I love DK too much to not have them back in the saddle. So if you're somebody who like, I'll give you, I'm going to, I'm going to give an example of a friend of mine. Who's, who's got a, a, a habit that he does every year. I hope you don't mind me mentioning this. Um, but I've got a friend who, whatever, I won't say your name, um, who every year, um, the first quarter of the year, January, February, March, uh, he doesn't drink. That's it. He just, he cuts himself off and he doesn't really have, it's not like he has a problem with drinking the rest of the time, but it's just for his health. He kind of does like a drink fast every, you know, January, February, March, the first quarter of the year. I really, really wish that he would start after my birthday, January 19th. Like I want him to do the 20th to the 20th of fucking April or whatever the fuck it is. Cause I'd like to have a goddamn drink with my friend only because like, you know, I've got all these nice whiskeys and stuff and I'd, I'd love for him to partake. All right. You fucking hear me, buddy. You fucking listening. I love you. Uh, but you're also a giant pain in the ass considering that this is something I'm glad he does. I'm glad he has something like this. I just, if, if we could, if we could start a petition to get him to start on the 20th, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it'll be like, my birthday is the fucking, the last, the last hurrah before this starts. 
I don't, I don't even want to get shit faced. I just want to be able to pour him a nice glass of something, celebrating the fact that I'm still here. Cause we all, we all know I got like three or four years left. You won't have to do it for long, buddy. You just have to push it back long enough that I can, you know, have a couple more birthdays. We'll have a, a little whiskey or something nice. And then you start on the 20th and I'll, uh, I'll be dead soon. Okay. So that's, but I, I, what I'm trying to say is I like that about my friend is that he's got this little, this little ritual that he does. Jesus Christ, I'm going to be late. Um, that, that takes care of himself. You know what I mean? He, he puts himself on this and it's not because he's got a problem. It's just, it's just being mindful and having your own shit to do. So the whole idea is there's different things you can do to be a mindful drinker to whatever. That's the book, how to be a mindful drinker, cut down, take a break or quit by my pals at DK. I strongly suggest anyone who, who only if you're interested in it yourself. Okay. Don't buy it for someone else unless they've said, Hey, I'd really wish there was something there. They also make it very clear that they do not do a 12 step program. This is not about giving yourself over to a higher power or admitting your help us. Nothing about that. This is different things that are working great. Um, coming up this week, I have a, a thing that I'm going to try to save for next week, gang. Uh, cause I'd love to get into it and talk about it. It's something very important to me, but we're almost at the hour mark and, uh, I, I got to get in the shower and get the fuck out of here in like 15 minutes. So, um, I apologize. This podcast will not be available to you prior to this evening. Um, I was trying to hoping to have it before I left for work. It's not going to happen. Um, so coming up this week, more Nespresso stuff. I got a game night, games night with my coworkers and, uh, well, uh, my work family, good friends of mine, my buddy, Jad, that I work with all the time and some other people, uh, wanted to do a games night. So they're all going to come over. There's gonna be lots of us and none of us are going to be putting our hands on each other's cocks or whatever it is. Hopefully, uh, another therapist appointment. Of course, I got a whiskey tasting that I'm doing with my, uh, with some friends of mine uh, here at the house on Sunday. And then of course uh, I got my dental appointment to get my teeth clean next week. All that surrounded by a, a nice thick crema of Nespresso work along the way. So uh, onesies, thank you for listening. I hope it was a good episode. I hope you had fun. Um, definitely, you know, started off with a bunch of stupid jokes and then uh, here we go back to serious and blah, 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 blah. So um, you guys are the best. If you want to get a hold of me, you want to send me anything, I, I'll hit the microphone like an idiot. Uh, contact at One Man Podcast is the email. I look forward to hearing from you guys and uh, I hope that you have a, a great week. Don't take any shit from anybody. You know, respect yourselves, all that fun shit. And, uh, and I'll bitch slash complain slash uh, tell a proper narrative about my life next week. Talk to you guys soon.
I love 